Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Oh, wow. We're, we're talking early. You guys haven't, the, the theme music hasn't started or anything. Isn't this weird, Carrie? I haven't said picture it yet. Well, I guess I did just say it, but yeah, this is, this is like, this is like the commercials before the movie starts in the theater. It's so wild. We're those annoying people who do trivia at the beginning of movies. I always hate those, but we're not going to hate this because we have a very, very golden announcement to make, don't we, Carrie? We're pregnant. No, <laughs> I am Just kidding. I, I probably could fit into the clothes. Um, no, guys, you remember last year how I went to Golden Con in Chicago and everyone was like, oh my God, that looks like so much fun. And I met so many of you there and it was just like, it was just so fun and like I looked amazing and it was, you had a bit of FOMO, didn't you, Carrie? I did. I, with every story that you told me, with every person that you said you met or witnessed in person, I just felt the daggers of jealousy stabbing deep within me. Mm, yes. Well, guess what? I will be coming back to Golden Con this year, which is, it's it's March 31st through April 2nd. You can get your tickets at thankyoufobeingafan.com. But Carrie, I, I know I'm going to be there, but like, I don't know. Will you be there? Guys, this year I'll be there. I'm going to leave my baby for the first time uh, to come meet Golden Girls fans. It's going to be so much fun, you guys. Both of us will be there. We're still figuring out exactly what we're doing. We're working with the event organizers, and they will be on this podcast to talk about the about what's coming up for Golden Con and all of the things. And there'll be lots of sort of things you'll be able to check out in the coming weeks, but we wanted to announce it right now, first and foremost, at the beginning of the year, that we both will be at Golden Con this year. And again, you need to get tickets. It's going to be in Chicago it's it's such a fun what i love about it being in chicago it's central so that people can kind of easily fly into it if they need to and you can go to thank you for being a fan.com to get your tickets and all information and guys what are the dates it's march 31st through april 2nd it's going to be a beautiful time in chicago and it's it's all happening at the chicago sheraton grand river walk sort of hotel there so it's fantastic i will be there as sadie pines you will only see me as sadie pines sorry but not sorry and we have so many fun things planned. And guys, I can't tell you enough. If you didn't go last year and you saw the pictures, you really should go this year because it is such an affirming golden experience to see all these people that we've been maybe talking to online for years or like talking about for years. You get to see people from the show. You get to see people from the great podcasts out there that are that are Golden Girls specific podcasts. There's so many great things about Golden Con. And I'm just so excited to be able to do it with you this year, Carrie. That's so exciting. I'm, I'm like... I can't even, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm excited. I'm just excited as Rose when she pets the cat too hard. I'm, I'm so excited and nervous to go, but really excited. Yeah. You should be mostly excited. I'm probably, gonna- I'm mostly excited. I'm more nervous about having to leave little I, Oreo. I, I low key want to get you in drag, but we'll do that on another day. Guys go to thank you for being a fan.com to get your tickets. Again, it's March 31st through April 2nd. And now I think we should get on with the show. Don't shouldn't we? 
Yes, let's do it. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2023. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls. I like how I say that as one word. Welcome to Out on the Lanai. Out on the Lanai. Yeah, out on the Lanai. La 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 Lanai. The only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott slash City Pine. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is the podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of those episodes. And then we watched all 24 episodes of the spinoff, The Golden Palace, but we ran out of those too. So now we do whatever the hell we want. Thank you very much. That's right. Thank you very much. Today we are doing a Beyond Golden Girls episode where we cover the many film and TV projects that B, Betty, Rue, and Estelle did outside of the Golden Girls during the course of their careers. And today we are back to Estelle Getty. We're going to be talking about her appearance as Sophia Petrillo on the early 90s hit show Blossom. It really was just like an appearance. It wasn't quite she was a guest star because she only had one scene. So it was sort of like it really was like Sophia was in this scene for the joke, you know? Yes. So a little bit about why I believe Estelle Getty was in this episode of Blossom. So the show Blossom, uh, which ran for five seasons on NBC from 1990 to 1995, um, was a Wit Thomas production. So it was a co-produced uh, show with Don Rio, the the um, the guy who uh, created the show. So of course, the Golden Girls, also a Whit Thomas production, um, and the you know this... too. the font of the credits. They're the exact same as Empty Nest. They're the exact same as Golden Girls. It's kind of great. And Nurses, like the exact same. Yes. So um, yeah. So this was uh, Blossom's uh, first season. Uh, the episode that Estelle Gideon is actually season one, episode six. I ain't got no buddy. Um, and, you know, I think because the Golden Girls by 1992 was or from 1990 was um, such a big hit that you know, Blossom season one, you're trying to engage, you know, new audience members, you're trying to get people to watch your show. And what better way to do that than to have a crossover of, you know, one of the greatest, funniest characters also on that network, which was Sophia Petrillo. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they never, she's listed, of course, as Sophia Petrillo, but her name is never said, I don't think. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, which is, that's what I mean. That's how you know you have created an iconic character when you just walk out as that character or someone can dress up as you as that character and everyone knows who the hell you are. Right. And I mean, in you know, Estelle Getty, she played Sophia on five different shows. She was played her on The Golden Girls, The Golden Palace, Empty Nest, Nurses and Blossom. And the and only the John Larroquette show, but not really. Wait, no. Yes, she did on the John Larroquette show. Yes, she did. Didn't she play her? Not she that... played Estelle Getty, not Sophia, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. they were all playing themselves because they were doing a Golden Girls spoof. But uh, did she appear in another episode? You talk. I'm going to find that out. Okay, you find that out because uh, something else I did learn. I was trying to, I was doing some Googling and trying to find out like what other, you know, kind of popular TV characters played the same character across multiple shows. And um, one thing I was able to find was uh, the actor Kathy Kinney, who played Mimi on the Drew Carey show, memorable Mimi. Um, she played Mimi in five shows, which was 
Drew Carey, Coach, The Hughleys, The Norm Show, and Two Guys, A Girl, and A Pizza Place. And I guess the character of Mimi also popped up on Hollywood Squares and The Price is Right. Oh, wow. So I didn't realize that. But of course, Mimi, like Sophia, incredibly Iconic. memorable character. Iconic. And you're right. She was only on John Larroquette as Estelle Getty. Not, not right. So, so yeah, you know, she's in, in, in like, and that's how amazing Estelle Getty was as Sophia, that you just wanted her on all your shows to make people watch your shows. Yeah, which is great. Now, did you watch Blossom when it was on? So, yes, I did. It's so funny. I was expecting, before we started recording you sort of made a comment about your feelings about this show. So I, I will be, I'm going to start with the positive. Um, (laughs) So Blossom is a show about a wise beyond her years, teen girl who lives in a male dominated house with her dad and two brothers. Um, It was sort of a fun combo of like this Holden Caulfield esque teen girl living with her hip kind of hot musician dad um you know and one of her brothers was played by joey lawrence and he was the dum-dum and her uh, other brother was at yep the whoa uh which he will not do to this if you uh, he does it's like one of those Hello. things he will not do he does read every single line like he's doing whoa i mean literally every single line was read as if he was about to like cry he definitely in a lot of his deliveries he he's got, he's definitely putting on a little bit of that kind of voice. Like I hear what you're saying. Um, but, uh, her other brother, um, is, uh, a recovering addict. Um, and Kinda this dark. is the show. Yeah. But, but, but they played, I mean, they played the, you know, they played certain jokes, but I think it was a subject matter. They, they, they handled it very seriously on the show. Um, this is the show that in the early nineties made hats with giant flowers popular for tween girls. Um, so this show, I think for a lot of people was an introduction to Mayim Bialik in the nineties. Now my introduction to Mayim Bialik. I think I have the same one. Yes, of course. As a young Bette Midler in Beaches. Yep. 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 When she was. That's the story of, that's the glory glory of love. Love. She's so good. So good as a young CC. I like how Beaches, Beaches was a huge film, but. Barbara Hershey's lips. She got her lips done for the for the film, and it was like the subject of the film. I didn't know that, and it. I've never, I never paid attention to her lips in that way. They were never distracting. I never paid to attention me. to her beaches. <laughs> oh, beaches. No, so, oh, okay. oh, beaches. Let me give you my reaction to Blossom. So, well, well, hold on, but hey, oh, but sorry. let me tell. you. So, I just sort of explained what the show is about. Also, okay, so I I did like Blossom when I was younger. Um, I. I liked that. I liked Maya Bialik and Blossom. It's the same reason why I liked Christine Lakin, who played Al, um, the the sort of like tomboy younger sister on Step by Step. Yep. I liked girls who I could identify with a little bit more. I feel like there were so many girls on TV. I guess it was like the same with Clarissa in on Nickelodeon. I liked identifying with girls that weren't like the sort of like super pretty popular. Mm-hmm. girls i felt like i could identify with them a little bit more i did really enjoy blossom i was a lot like her best friend six lemure and that i talked a mile a minute i had so much energy um but i i i really liked i loved blossom i looked up to blossom i thought like she was someone who was like very like strong-willed and she you know she had her beliefs and and I really liked that. Um, and for any other fans of Blossom out there, if you want to see a Blossom reunion, watch the season two premiere of Call Me Cat. Mm. Now, 
Why don't I know you have some feelings about Blossom? They're not like horrible feelings. I remember as a kid watching Blossom. I remember the impact of Maya Bialik. I remember, and I love Maya Bialik. I've interviewed her. She is fantastic. I she's she's Queen Jew at this point, right below like well, she's a few steps below Barbara Streisand, but like still, she's up there in the hierarchy of Jews that you must love. That said, I. And I remember like liking Blossom as a kid, but maybe not like being fully invested. And I, for the life of me, the only thing I can ever remember, like remember from the show back in the day was when the her dad started like dating someone else and getting like maybe a stepmom storyline was happening or something was happening there. And I remember that, I remember that storyline. But in rewatching it, I haven't rewatched it obviously since like the early nineties. And it, the, I mean, it, was just kind of boring it was like it was i mean i get it was dark and i get that they were trying to kind of like and i get why she was such an iconic character for girls of course like i fully get that but i also feel like in a comedy like this to have like three different scene breaks where it's like a serious moment where someone's sad or someone's like "Mm," or someone like they even end the episode on like a serious like she's looking back at her dad is he going to be okay with this divorce thing like it became more of a drama than a comedy, but yet in the in the confines of a comedy, and it just didn't it didn't like hold up to me. Like it didn't like there was nothing engaging about the episode that actually like made me laugh. I didn't laugh once except for with Estelle Getty. <laughs> like I, there was no laughs in the episode for me. Sure, that's fair. I think I I I actually that I think that was my favorite part was the the heart in the show and they did they had a couple back they had two back to back scenes that were well they had three scenes that were yeah. it was heart heart I think heart, heart is it was, okay it's just mm-hmm. to me as a comedy writer I feel like and as just a comedian in general heart is a great thing to use in a story in order to like build up to heart you know what I mean you want to build up and for me the entire episode we'll go over the episode but the entire episode didn't need those four different moments of like serious act break heart moments. You just, you have one with the father at the end and then let some comedy get in there so that we can value that heart moment. Cause by the end of it, I don't give a fuck. Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I I thought it was all earned. I enjoyed it all. I think the actors are so good, so good in this, like Ted Wass, especially Ted Wass, Maya and Bialik, the two of them together, having that heartfelt scene toward the end. And we'll talk about it. Like I was fully invested because they're both really good actors. I did not. Um, brothers. I, I remember liking Joey Lawrence as a kid and I watched this episode and I was like, oh, the brothers are bad. Like I was, I didn't believe the sort of like the jokes about the drug use and stuff. I, I like those jokes. I mean, I thought those were like solid jokes, but I also was just like, so is, like, do we have to know that he has a drug history in every episode? Like, is that, did they include that in every episode? That he... Well, we only watched the one episode. I, I don't remember. I, I It's been a while so since jarring. I've watched other episodes. It feels so jarring for a situation, in a situation comedy, for a character to, to casually bring up something that, if you're watching this episode for the first time, like so many people did with situation comedies back in the day, which is why they don't have, they don't put things like that for characters in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's drug use is like such a jarring subject, such a shocking subject that the fact that he's casually joking about knowing going to jail for cocaine or something like to me, I'm like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like it, as a writing tool, I feel like it's just a mess. It's just messy. Well, writing. well, I think like it, it to your point, though, if they are 
if, if you're just kind of tuning in and you're not, you know, you're saying that people may not be watching every episode, then, you know, not that is problem. part of his character. And I understand that that wasn't what the story was about that episode. This isn't the show mom. It's not a show about addiction and recovery. That was his character. So, you know, as a part of his character, that's how they choose to write some of his jokes. You know, they also may have still kind of been figuring out kind of what that character's voice was. And that might've been like a go-to. Um, but it's yeah, it mom. didn't bother me as much. Also fun casting note, the guy who played her older brother, um, the actor's name is Michael. I'm blanking on his last name, but Stoy um, Nov. So Maya Bialik was, she was a really hot ticket at the time. She had shot the pilot for Blossom, the pilot for another show called Malloy. Um, and she had seen Michael in an episode of Empty Nest, one episode. And she said that he did such a great job and she thought he looked like he could play her brother. So she actually recommended him to them mm -hmm. to see him for the part, which I thought was interesting. Um, before I dive into the episode, I have a Blossom history. Okay. It goes as follows. Um, I used to, I have two Blossom history facts. One is, or connections. I used to host a show with some other people that aired on Fox on Saturday mornings. It was called Fab Lab. I'll give you $1,000 if you can find a single listener who actually watched it on TV. Um, and we did this. It was really great. It was all about trying to get um, like girls into STEM. Yeah. And uh, we did a like a live launch event and Maya was one of the speakers. And, and so me and her spent this day together at this all girls school here in Los Angeles and she was so cool. She and I were both joking that um, we both got like our boots from Target. There were these like influencers there, like very young influencers. And um, and we both just felt like old and we were like wearing our shoes from Target. And, and she was super cool and kind. And we've kept in touch a little bit over the years. And she's just she's really sweet. I also I am friends with Jenna Von Oy, who plays six on the show. You'd be on the podcast. Well, I, I was texting with Jenna earlier. So um, Jenna and I know each other because I used to have a web series called Geeking Out. Uh, Jenna was a fan of it. She ended up coming on my show and we did a sketch called Girls Meets Blossom. This was like back in like 2012 when Girls was a huge hit. And we did a scene as she played six and I played Blossom. And she actually brought one of the hats from Blossom. Ah. And we did a very R-rated dark scene between Blossom and Six. And it was very, very fun. And I was very proud of my Lena Dunham impression. Um, and post that to the Instagram. Uh, yeah, I, I should, I'll, I'll find it. Um, so anyway, so she and I have stayed in touch. She's written a couple of books about being a mom. They're so great. She's so funny and sweet and wonderful and a terrific mom and a great writer. Um, so you guys should check out her books if you're a mother, if you like reading about it. Cool, because I mean, my history with her, again, I don't really blossom does not stand out in my mental lobe very much, but one show does stand out the Parkers and she was on the Parkers, which uh, I, yes, yes, I love yes, the Parkers. Yes, yes. And, and she, Michael noticed this while we were listening. I didn't recognize this. She is the voice of Stacy in a goofy movie, which yes, I didn't she know is. Goofy uh -huh. movie is literally one of my top 10 films of all time. Like the music with like Citizen Kane, the soundtrack. I love it. Citizen Kane, a yeah. goofy movie. <laughs> I love it. I think a goofy movie is like such a warm, beautiful, like lovely story about a father and a son. I'm, I'm, it really uh, is. It really uh, is. And again, that soundtrack, um, it just, uh, Tevin Campbell, I think sings the songs. So, so good. Uh, um, I did, I did text Jenna 
um, to ask her if she remembered anything about shooting this scene with Estelle Getty. And she was like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I don't remember anything, which I understand. This was 1990. This was a blip. It was a, a single scene in an entire episode. Estelle was probably in and out like so quickly probably a quick rehearsal quick shooting yeah. um so unfortunately she didn't remember anything but um it That's was it was like a hundred episodes of television you're not going to remember all these moments exactly know? and this was like this was season one episode six this was also so yeah. early on you know the show was on for five years so um but yeah those are my those are my blossom connections i don't think i have connections uh, yeah. to anybody else yeah, i wanted i mean i it was so funny when i started the episode i had a moment being like, oh, I, re- I liked Blossom as a kid. I liked Maya Bialik. I I, re- I remember liking it. And then watching it, I was like, disapp- I was disappointed because I, 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 had I, wasn't. Fond- I had fond memories of it. And so after the episode, I was like, oh, that was bad. Like, but maybe that was just one episode, right? Maybe, maybe you watched the Empty Nest episode of Blossom. But that makes me even more sad because Sophia is on the Empty Nest episode of Blossom then, which is like really depressing. But also kind of appropriate. Maybe a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I can't wait till we do a do a Beyond Golden Girls of Empty Nest. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun one. Oh, oh my gosh. So okay, should we? Nurses. Do you have any? I want to find nurses. Yeah. I'm gonna find do you have anything else to say before we take? Do you want to crap on Blossom anymore? On my, I'm on not my gonna teenage crap on Blossom. Years? I'm gonna be positive, but you have better shows that you liked in your teenage years, and I know it. I, I'm not gonna crap on Blossom. I think it's great. Okay, let's take a break and let's talk about this very wonderful show called Blossom. thing that I fully loved about Blossom and that I didn't remember until I heard it and then immediately I was like this is good is the theme song I the theme song to Blossom is kind of iconic and I forgot about it and then I listened to it and I was like oh I remember I could I remembered the words as they were playing I love it so I just want to play a little bit of the theme song yes it's called my opinionation which is one of my favorite made-up words to get in all depressed. Buy up your pen and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. It's my opinion, nation. I mean, it, it it goes on from there, but it is it is such a fun theme song. Also, opinionation. Is that a word? Is that actually a word? I'm gonna look that up. I believe I, I've always thought it was made up. I love that song so much. I think you can tell when a theme song is good. It it's can not be made long. Up. It's, not made, it's up. not made up. It's a real word. Shut up. It's the it's so it's it's it says in Google here noun um, opinionation countable uncountable plural opinionations the quality of being opinionated well i'm gonna start using it i've never once used it in my life because i don't want somebody to go that's a made-up word that's not even real you're gonna have that jennifer garner moment is it jennifer garner when she was on um uh conan and she was like that's a made-up word and you should know that conan because you went to harvard and then he gets a dictionary and he i forget what the word is he gets a dictionary and he looks up the word and he finds the word and he's like you're dumb but i love jennifer garner Oh my gosh, I love her so much. Um, that theme song, you can tell when a theme song is good. I believe that theme song is like 60 seconds long yeah. and it's 
It's of a locked off shot of Maya Bialik dancing in her bedroom. And it's so catchy that it doesn't need anything else. Just her dancing in her bedroom. I could watch it on a loop oh, and I'd be so happy. Michael just texted me um, the word that, that Jennifer Garner used. It was snuck. And she was trying to say it was sneaked, that he meant like is like snuck isn't a word it's supposed to be sneaked but snuck is actually a word and etc yeah i wonder if that's like an east coast thing because i would say i snuck in i wouldn't say i sneaked in yeah i would say i snuck in i snuck in okay so maybe it's not an east sneaky coast thing. Is like being sneaky to me you know like but snuck i don't know yeah no i would oh, say oh i don't know that i would that's a hill that i would die on on network television live i don't think that i would no, die I on know. the, the she snuck was, she the was snuck hill but maybe it was the ben affleck years maybe she was very confident I don't know. Maybe. So, okay. I know on this podcast, we don't usually play like the non-Golden Girl gal clips on this show, but, and I'm really trying to win you over here. <laughs> I love Blossom and Six's friendship so much that I just wanted to play a tiny bit from the opening scene because it reminds me so much of me and my best friend at that age, like sitting on the bed, doing homework together, complaining. And when you're just like so in sync with your best friend that you can kind of have an exchange like this, um, let's play it. That music. I I hate hate French. French. Why are we studying French anyway? We live in America. We go to an American school. We have American classmates. We should speak what Americans speak. Spanish. It's so funny that you have that memory of like doing homework with a friend on your bed and stuff, because that is very foreign to me. I did not have friends like that. We would go, if I did homework with anybody when I was in high school or something, we would go to the local Barnes and Noble and we would sit in the cafe and probably not buy anything and just do homework slash just talk. Yeah. Yeah. that's a lovely memory and least, you know but but six and her six and blossom do go to the mall together every monday as as you know it's so cool because it's this. a rare day to go to the mall i mean for me as a kid going to the mall on like a school day would be like a whoa this is out of the norm like to me the weekends are a mall thing you know yeah, especially on a monday it's like yeah. you've just come off the weekend first day back to school and you're gonna go to the mall after school i don't know i kind of liked it uh, anyway, I just, I really enjoy their friendship. Um, so, so, okay. So one of the stories in this, the more like family, there's a family story and a friend story. Um, so the family story in this is that, so in the series, Blossom's mom left the family to pursue her own life and career. Like, ouch, come yeah. on. Uh, um, I get it. It's like a, the hours thing. That's what I love about the hours is that like Julianne Moore is like, she doesn't, she doesn't feel right as a mother and but she can't get out of it because she's like wed into the 1950s stuff so she has to like abandon her kid to be able to live the life she wants to live not not necessarily a great thing to do but what i'm saying is like i understand it you know what i mean i understand that decision in a really sad way mm, i have a bit of a harder time <laughs> So anyway, in this episode, um, the kids, they intercept an envelope from her divorce attorney and they're worried it's just going to crush their dad. Um, but throughout the episode, every time they try to tell him he's having a terrible day, like first, like he had played a terrible music gig. It was like at a German like beer garden. It was a where, favor for his friend. Where are they? Where is the show based? Is it Miami? No. Where is it? not miami i don't know why don't you do a google and i'll keep talking okay. um so you no know because you're such a big fan of the show 
I, I don't know where Blossom takes place. <laughs> I told you I hadn't rewatched it for a while, but I would not say Miami. Um, so then the second time they try to tell him he had a, you know, root canal surgery. Um, so each time they try to tell him, they instead just kind of shower him with hugs and he's like, something's going on. I'm going to find out what it is. But he always keeps asking them questions like, did somebody get arrested? And they're like, no. Did somebody crash my car? No. It's just really funny. The three of them all together like that. Um, did you figure it out? Uh, well, I've seen something about Studio City, but I don't see anything confirmed yet. So I don't know where it took about. Maybe one of the listeners will know. Okay. Um, I, I thought I actually thought the running bit with the dad was fun. But again, it was it was almost too much information for me. I felt like both this storyline and the storyline with her friend six was like, there was a lot of both. And I was a little like, I don't know where my heart's supposed to go here. I'm very I want I want to laugh. I want to laugh, but neither storyline allowed me to laugh because they both were very serious, you know? I don't, no. Are you kidding me? That whole time, like, they're, these, they're, both, they're all nice the, these scenes where they're trying to tell their dad, they are funny because the kids see, are like... Because it deals, it deals with a very serious issue that, like, the jokes did not... The jokes weren't funny enough to get past the seriousness of the issue. I disagree. I think if it was if it was a different issue, if it was like, you know... I don't know, something less serious than a divorce or the breakup of a family, maybe I would find it funny, but like, it just, it didn't. But it's not, it's not like they were trying to figure out a way to tell their dad that like their mom had just left. It's like that the papers came, the, the kids aren't like, you know, Blossom has a moment at the end where she's like kind of bummed about it. Like, you know, they're both realizing like, okay, this is, this is final now. Like it's been yeah. going on for a while. I don't know. I didn't think it was like crazy, crazy serious, but can we just for a quick second talk about Ted Wass, who played her dad? He was a Broadway actor. He played Danny Zuko in Greece on Broadway. He's so good in this show. I think he's like a more serious. He's kind of like a hot, like kind of, almost like a Tony Danza type guy. Um, you can tell he's a theater actor. He, I don't know. I I find him very captivating to watch on screen. I, I thought he was a very good actor. I enjoy. I, I him and Maya Bialik and Six were like my favorite, and the friend. The friend with all the wigs. Those were the best parts of the show. <laughs> they kept calling her Gorbachev. <laughs> Everyone else, I was that was the funniest bit for me was the friend. Everything else I was like, Ooh. I looked that actor up. Um, she's a doctor now. Oh, good for her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Get that. that. Do 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 doing good for the world. Um, so the six blossom story. So um six uh she has to show this new girl around the school um and she's like oh you know it's probably going to be just like an annoying dorky girl like oh i don't want to have to do this but the girl is gorgeous and cool at lunch and all the boys want to sit with her including nick del vecchio that is such a hot high school guy name it's such a hot high school guy nick del vecchio yeah. like that must have been fun to come up with um so this kid was also, he's played, this is how old we are. This teenage boy, this like 13 year old is played by an actor who now plays a dad to a teenager on Cruel Summer. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so this, enough though, right? He has to be. He's probably a bit old. I'd say he's, he's in his forties. Because this was a, 1991. So this was 1990. 1990. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were kids. Yeah. They're a little bit, they're like, they're in their forties. They're a little bit older than us. They're pushing 50. 
Also, did you know that I think Maya Bialik, she's the baby of the family, but I think it's like an Estelle Getty, um, B. Arthur situation where I think she was like six months older than Joey Lawrence. Oh, wow. She does seem a lot younger than she them, but she's very mature. Joey. Do you have a crush on him? No, I, no, I did enjoy that one single that he had in the nineties. Nothing my love can't fix. Don't know it, but I like uh, brother. There's nothing my love can't fix for you, baby. You don't remember that song? I don't I'm remember. Positive of this, I tell you. Anyway, but then him and his two other brothers had a show called Brotherly Love. Um, and I think I had a crush on Matthew Lawrence during that show. That is that the middle one? Because I remember liking mm -hmm. the brothers, but not liking Joey. Yeah, I mean, yes, that was their show. Um, yeah. and Joey, st I think, still had his sort of like signature, like shoulder length the other kid was show. cooler because i the middle brother because i was like you're in you're in friggin mrs doubtfire like how cool does that get mm -hmm. like, you're that's cooler than joey lawrence but everyone was going he's crazy middle joey. brother he's also someone stan and i once worked with and was also incredibly nice and now he's dating uh chili from tlc <gasps> see he's so much cooler He's That's so pretty cool. That's Jeff. pretty cool. That is really cool. Like I've always thought the middle, maybe, maybe he's like the Ringo of the group. You know what I mean? That everyone was like all about Paul and what's the other guy's name? John, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we're about the middle brother. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so, okay. So Adrian, the popular girl is like six, come sit with me with like Nick Del Vecchio. And she's kind of like with Blossom, like, I don't, I don't have to, if you don't want me to. And Blossom's like, no, go, go, go. Um, so she does, Blossom. but I blame Blossom here. She should have should have spoken up sooner. Well, you know, she doesn't want. She also doesn't want to hold her friend back. Like it's it's a position that I've been in, right? It's like at that age, you're always worried about a cool girl stealing your best friend away. So, for example, again, this is why I really identified with Blossom when I was a kid. When I was in third grade, there was a new girl in town named Lindsay, and it was like day one. I befriended her because she didn't know any better. She didn't. Like we happened to like sit next to each other and we befriended each other. But then the cool girls who hated me that because she was very pretty, she was like kind of like dressed kind of cool. They like pulled her away. Like as soon as they befriended her, it's like, well, she couldn't be my friend anymore because those other girls didn't want her to be my friend. And that's just the way that things were. So I I'm with you with Blossom. Like you don't you don't want to be needy and, and and demanding of your best friend you want your best friend to make their own decisions but you also hope that they will respect your feelings enough and know you well enough to you know hopefully not upset you in 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 that in this new endeavor that you're taking on and a new friendship always, in some way i always was the one i mean maybe that's just my personality but i was always the one like if if you're in a group with people and one person's only talking to one person, I always try to like make it a group thing. I try to make it a like a everyone needs to be in this. Like if we're in this group, we're all talking. That's not one on one shit here making other people feel weird. And the whole time I was that I was like, why doesn't she just go sit with them? Why doesn't Blossom join? Because it's junior high and that's not how things work, my friend. I don't, I don't know. People need to grow some. That's what I think. I, I would have loved, loved it if Lindsay had said, it's not like I could just go over there and sit with them. I hadn't been invited. But you could have. No, they would have they would have been mean to me the whole time. They would have told me to go away. They would have like I get it. I kids just, are mean. No, I, I had know. Oh no, I was a fat kid. I'm a fat adult. I know. Kids were mean. But I also yeah. am kind of like, if my best friend's there, my best friend's gonna stand up for me. Well, well, let's continue with the story. So 
The next day at school, the new girl Adrian is like, oh my God, six, I got tickets to that band Rupture for Saturday night. Let's go. And Six and Blossom had been talking about this band Rupture. They do like almost like a Gallagher thing where I guess they like puke on the first three rows of the audience, but it's supposed to be like some cool, like grungy, weird, I don't know, experimental band. Doesn't Gallagher hit watermelons? Yeah, but it's messy. What I'm saying oh. is if you're sitting in the front, it's messy. I guess that's sorry. My brain made a connection. I'd rather be hit by a watermelon than puke. But I don't of know. course, I also I thought it was kind of funny that like these two like suburban tween girls were yeah. into like, I don't know, Slipknot. I don't know what kind of music they play, but I thought it was kind of funny. Um so, you know, Six tells Blossom that she's going to go and Blossom's like, but we were supposed to go together. And Six is like, you said you didn't want to go. Yeah. And, Bl- and Blossom's like, well, you should know me well enough to know that I did want to go. Oh, and so then no, 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 Six no, no. goes, I'm not a mind reader. And you, Six. Blossom goes, yeah, you'd have to have a mind for that, which like. Team Six here. Fully Team Six. Ooh. Like. You yeah, I'm to the world what you want. You have to manifest mm-hmm. it. And if you can't manifest it by speaking it, then it's your own damn fault for missing out. So, oh, I have goosebumps just saying that line. You'd have to have a mind for that. Like, oh, man, because you know that six deep, she has an insecurity because she's not as smart as Blossom. And and for her to say that, like that was a little bit of a low blow. So so after this fight scene, then we get the Sophia scene, which mm. is a, it's a dream sequence that um, uh, Blossom has a dream. Uh, picture it. Blossom's Kitchen, 1990, right? I'm going to explain oh, this because a lot not of even it's visual. 1990s, not even, it has to be 60 years in the future. So what would that be? She's 13 on the show, right? So, so if she's like in her 60s, it's going to be 2000. What would that math be? 19- I don't know, 2040 or something. I'm yeah. saying picture it, Blossom's Kitchen, 1990, as in. Yes. That's the, but yeah, you're doing the right math. So in this dream sequence, Blossom is essentially the best Sophia cosplayer. She's wearing the wig, the blue dress with the brooch, the pink cardigan, the glasses, the wicker handbag slung over the wrist. Mm -hmm. And then we see Sophia and then we see six. They are all dressed as Sophia and it is lovely. All right, let's, uh, let's play the scene. searching for 66 years i finally found another friend we really like each other and we're going to be friends forever okay bye (laughs) that's it kid i'm out of here what does that mean it means goodbye so long sayonara aloha it means elvis is leaving the building but i thought you were my friend I searched and searched for 66 years, I know. Boy, am I sick of that story. (laughs) Sweetheart, don't take this personally. You're pathetic. (laughs) It's no picnic living with you, Blossom. Not only do you whine, but you've got some serious digestive problems. (laughs) Digestive problems? What do you mean? I mean, you've got more gas than Exxon. Adios. I can't believe you're gonna dump me. Maybe the slamming door will convince you. (laughs) I wouldn't have stayed this long if you hadn't been paying me so much. But where will you go? I'm gonna go live with my new friend, a wonderful person who'll be here any second. There she is now. Hello, Sophia. (laughs) Hi, pussycat. 
This is my new friend, 60. <laughs> Not again. Are you ready to go? There's some cute young guys down near the shuffleboard court. How young? They're breathing. <laughs> Let's go. This isn't fair. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Okay, two things. The way Sophia or Stelgetti says aloha, aloha. Aloha. <laughs> it's so good. And then when we were watching it, it was so funny. They, there was that oil joke that she made about Exxon mm -hmm. oil. And there, someone in the audience was like, oh, like it was like a bad thing. I didn't know that there was like an historical event that happened, but I guess it's referencing the Exxon Valdez oil spill. in Yeah. I guess mm -hmm. that was huge. That was I huge. remember that. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what they were referencing. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. When was that? Was that like 1989? 1989. Yeah. yeah, then that's what it is. Um, I one, I love that she calls six pussycat. It's so sweet. Um, I love that they're all the same size because like Estelle Getty really was so are. tiny. She was smaller than them. Yeah, it was that was really cute. Um, it, it's also just so fun because again, like we have watched Golden Girls, even now I've rewatched Golden Palace a bunch so many times that to see a scene i i didn't know that estelle getty had played sophia on blossom i just because i hadn't seen this episode in so long so to get to see sophia yeah. saying lines and making jokes that feel brand new like you're getting a brand new bit of sophia was just it was like so charming and fun to watch for me i mean there are those moments where you have these discoveries and there's not many of them because we have seen it all basically like we've seen most of whenever these girls are together especially post golden girls but there are those moments where you see an episode like this and you're like what like there's an episode a rare episode where it's um estelle betty and rue and they all teamed up for an episode of ladies man i think that might have been their last like sitcom appearance together and it someone just sent it to me recently i've known about it i've seen it before but like it's that's sort of like another moment where you're like on this show what and it's it's just it's just great it's just great it's great to see them i do i think too like what's nice about this scene is that again like blossom and six's friendship on this show is so great and real and like you can tell that the two girls really enjoy each other's company and you can see that with the golden girls too like their chemistry is so great together and it's fun watching them together. So then to sort of see those two worlds collide, it was like, I don't know. Perfect. I was I was sitting in my beanbag chair, having a bag of popcorn, drinking a glass of wine, cuddling with my dog. I had a little baby Oreo on the monitor. And I was like, the, I am I am experiencing joy in this moment. I'm more struck that you have a beanbag chair. I would never be able to get out of it. So this isn't a regular, this isn't like your college dorm room beanbag chair. This huh. is like a nice beanbag chair. Like, it, it's like, it's what? like you, like if you were to go to like a Crate and Barrel or a West Elm and like they sold beanbag chairs, wow. um, that's the type that it is. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's I, so comfortable. And the reason we got it was because I think we initially got it because our dog needed spine surgery and we had to sit next to his crate with the door open or else he would freak out and we literally just had to sit and make sure he didn't come out of the crate or didn't move around too much so stan went out with a friend and got a really nice beanbag chair and then it became our gaming beanbag chair i played all of red dead redemption 2 i know that doesn't mean anything to you but for fellow rdr2 fans out there i played all of red dead on it um and sort of became a gaming beanbag chair then when i was pregnant 
it was my comfy beanbag chair where I could like sort of lean back because little Oreo's foot was always in my ring. Did have to like pull you out of the chair when you were in it when you were pregnant? When I was pregnant, yeah. Sometimes Stan had to help me. Um, and now uh, Oreo, little Oreo, when she wakes up in the morning and comes downstairs, um, I say comes downstairs like I don't carry her ass downstairs. No, I, but... was, I was imagining her just crawling down the stairs. <laughs> just walking slowly down yeah. the stairs. Uh, no, I mean, she walks. She, yeah. I just wouldn't trust her to go down our stairs. Um, now she she will lay in the beanbag chair and have a little bit of milk and she'll watch Miss Rachel oh! in the morning on YouTube while she wakes up. That's so, so cute. See, I have we basically have a beanbag couch because it's so low to the ground that sometimes and I, I sometimes forget I don't consider myself tall, but I guess I am. And I, I when I stand up from the couch, it's almost like I'm like I have to like like I'm kneeling on the ground doing a squat and I have to stand up from a squat. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I feel when I get off the couch because it's so low to it's the low, ground yeah. that I'm just like I'm I'm rec- at this point in my life and, you know, <laughs> I'm getting there that I I'm recognizing I guess I'm tall. <laughs> Yeah, you are taller than the three girls that were uh, in that scene together. Yeah, I'm taller than you. I think I'm taller than Stan. I'm taller than most people. I'm taller than Michael. Oh, you're taller. Everybody is taller than Stan, except for <laughs> me and Oreo, little Oreo. Just wait. Um, she might be. You never know. She might have no, a, she's have gonna, a, no, she's going to. No, she's going to have a Dorothy. Like, no. She is in like the 15th percentile as far as height goes. So okay. she's uh, she's going to be a shorty. And I'm totally fine with that. Um, so meanwhile, in the other story, um, so their dad is finally like, he wants them to tell him what's going on and they won't. So he's like forcing them to play board games. Then he sits at the piano. He starts playing Kumbaya. Like he's just trying to like torture it out of them. The boys Mm -hmm. flee. Um, and then there's this really great dovetail where, uh, Blossom tells her dad about her fight with six Mm -hmm. and he says you know look you can't force someone to stay with you you know if they don't come back you move on you let it go it's called reality Mm -hmm. and then blossom finally hands him the divorce papers her two older brothers couldn't do it she had to be mature when she hands it to him and he goes what's this and she goes reality and i really really enjoyed that dovetail because you have two incredibly different stories yeah and i loved it i thought it was what i mean that's what i mean by there are too many scenes where it ends on sort of like a serious note if it would have just been that scene if it would have just been that moment that moment would have mattered to me more i hear you it was it was definitely it was a very poignant beautiful moment uh and then we go back to blossom oh so then he tells blossom to like go to the rupture concert, bring a friend, I'll spring for it. And so she does. She brings her friend with the wigs yeah. and um, the doctor. Oh, cool. I love her. It was a fun runner. Um, I don't know that she, I don't know how long she lasted. I did not remember that character on the show. Um, but uh, so she goes to the concert. She runs into six in line to use the bathroom. And they have this really sweet makeup where, you know, She's it, it was just it was a really sweet makeup where they were both kind of like, you know, it was a little bit of a misunderstanding, That's all. you know, and, all. you know, she was like, what, you know, if, if you if you didn't want me to, you know, go to the thing, you should have said so. And um, and and yeah, it was just like a whole sweet thing where, you know, they both had a little bit to apologize for and and they made up and they're best friends. And and yeah, it was just, it was really, really sweet. And then, yeah, I hear you. Then Blossom came back home 
um, to her dad. And he's like, you know, got to finally sign the papers. And they're both sort of talking, like even Blossom is asking him like, you know, so, you know, she's basically saying to her dad, I, I, I guess I always thought that maybe there was a chance that you guys were going to get back together, but you know, I guess this means it like really makes it final, which honestly it, it, it was kind of, I hear you in that that last scene was really poignant, but it was also nice to see Blossom have an opinion about it because yeah, you have to wonder like as one of the children in the episode, um, you know, they would obviously have strong feelings about it as well. So you know, it was kind of nice to 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 let them have that that moment together where and and yeah, maybe you could have gotten it in the scene before. I don't know, but I don't even the, think you need to get it in the scene before. I just don't think it needs to end on a serious note. I don't think it needs to end on Blossom looking back at her father alone on the couch because that that's just that's not that's not the Whit Thomas way. You know well, what I mean? Let me let me ask you something. So there is a runner. They they don't even really pay it off. It's like two tiny pieces of scenes where the oldest brother tony is he's he's gonna write the next greatest screenplay and in the first scene he's like i came up with the name and it's something like naked chicks on the beach yeah and and then they're like go go write it and then in the next scene he's like all right i'm gonna read to you what i've written so far and it's like you know stacy a hot girl barely dressed walks into the room jen an equally hot girl wearing even less clothes walks into the room. Greg says, and then it's like, and that's where it ends. And that's it. That's the whole thing. Now, would it have helped you if after this really kind of poignant moment of the dad signing the divorce papers, if Tony came in and read more of his screenplay? I don't know if that necessarily would have been the bit that paid off. I, I do think in that it would have been funny if the boy, the brought the son could have come in and being like, so I'm going to make this movie. There's going to be a lot of girls. It's a great opportunity for you now. Like something, something to sort of pay off a little bit in a humorous way that this is a sitcom first and foremost. And sure. There was a lot of heart in this episode, which is fine, but there's too much of it. If this is this is this is it's becoming an episode of my so-called life and not necessarily a sitcom on NBC that's a part of the Golden Girls family. You know what I mean? In terms of the production and stuff. And so, like, I don't know. I just feel like the ending was just a letdown in that it was just it was just serious after serious after serious of like connections and people bonding and having miscommunication and all of the things. And I'm just like. Give me something to laugh at. I want to end this episode. This was not a very special episode. It didn't need to be because it had Sophia on it. So, of course, it was not a special episode. So it could have ended on a laugh. And it just didn't. And that was disappointing. I I will say I thought it was going to come back with a tag of Tony reading more of his script. I would have loved that. Or asking asking some of the um the family members to act it out. Yeah. Um that would have been so or I it would have been funny if there was a tag of Tony, you know, auditioning women for you know, he's it's his yes. dream sequence. He's auditioning women for his script and he's like, "Okay, hot girl number 1, come on in to read for Stacy." And it's yes. Sophia Petrillo. Yes. Um, they could have brought know. her back. She was barely in the episode. It's like, use the talent you have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I it's also know. about her availability, too. She's on another yeah. show at the time. You know, I mean, 
It would have been two seconds. I don't know about that. Anyway. It's, it's I'm a little, I was just disappointed in the ending. That's all. And well, yeah. the episode, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, you kind of didn't like the whole episode. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I had so much fun watching Estelle and watching the girls dressed up as her. And like, even the Blossom kitchen is like, kind of looks like the Golden Girls kitchen a little bit. A like little the fridge bit. is on yeah. the other side, but yeah, um, yeah I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it, there is a nostalgia factor to it that I remember fondly of that time. It was a weird time for me, though, because it was like my parents, my dad was going through a divorce with my stepmom, I think, around that same time. Maybe they were in, like, the last few years of their marriage. They definitely were in the last few years of their marriage. And so, like, I feel like maybe maybe that's why I don't remember this. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I don't recall this, this episode or Blossom in any way except for the mother storyline. That's all. Well, on that note, yeah. did you have anything else you wanted to say or should we take a break and come back with some gold takeaways? Let's come back with some golden takeaways. back with our golden takeaway which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners carrie what's your golden takeaway from this episode oh boy i think my golden takeaway is it's not a funny one i apologize but i do feel like i gave some really good uh pitches as to what a funny scene could have been at the end of that episode so i'm gonna go ahead and say that i made my contributions um i think my golden takeaway is you know i think Sometimes when it comes to very, very close friendships, um, I think sometimes we can, I don't know, and maybe it's just my own experience, but uh, we can sort of get into these like comfort zones with each other where, you know, like Blossom and Six, this easy communication, like if, you know, if Blossom had just been honest with Six and said that, you know, she didn't want to hold her back, but it was hurting her. And I just wanted to let you know, you know, I think that sometimes um, it can, we do kind of rely on our best friends knowing us so well that they can essentially read our minds and that, you know, that can lead to these fights, these misunderstandings. And, you know, I would just say like, for me, for other people, if you find that happening, just like, just remember, like your best friend isn't Miss Cleo in, the Rose dream sequence of, with Dr. Jonathan Newman. No, it wasn't Miss Cleo. It was, um, uh, I'm not getting a very clear picture, Rose. Yeah. Who was uh, it? It was oh, the psychic. Gene. Gene. Gene something. Gene. Oh. Not Jean. that Gene, but the other Gene. Gene Dixon. Gene Dixon. Dixon. Yes. Okay. So, damn, that was going to be really good if I'd gotten Gene Dixon right. So, yeah, your friend is not Gene Dixon or Miss Cleo. Um, yeah, not a psychic. So, just uh yeah just 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 remember your friends aren't mind readers unless they are but then then they don't have an excuse yeah true um my golden takeaway is along the same lines communicate communication is wonderful i mean one of the things that i i think is both my strength and my weakness is that i'm very good at communicating and i i just think if you can't 
no one's gonna know what you need or want if you don't say it and so like just say it and it's i don't i, I never i never even as a kid i never really understood the people who were sort of like scared like i don't i that's scared to talk scared to say something that, that's just something that i don't really have i don't think in me maybe i don't know i don't know i'm just i'm 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 I I'm not really easily embarrassed and so I just kind of say things. <laughs> it's it's sometimes bitten me in the ass, but I will say it is better to say what you need and want than to not. And so maybe say it and then you won't have situations like Blossom and Six did. That's all I'm saying. Just say it. The new Nike slogan of 2023. Just say it. <laughs> Doesn't John Mayer have a song, Say What You Need to Say? And that's essentially oh. the whole song. He just says the words, say what you need to say, like a hundred times. I blocked John Mayer from my existence, really. So I don't really know. All I know yeah. is the, the, wonder, the body is a wonderland song. That's all. Right. Yeah. That's only because I like to make fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone. Wow. We did it. That has been another episode of Out on the Lanai. Uh, thank you all so, so much for listening. And we'll catch you back here next week for more Golden Girls Greatness. And guys, you can listen to us on the hoo-ha-ha. You know what to do there. And also go follow us on the socials at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter. Out on the Lanai Official on Instagram. And Golden Girls Pod on Facebook. And I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines on everything. And I'm Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us wherever you get this podcast, because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up and the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick-ass community of Golden Girls fans. And as always, remember, stay, stay golden. golden. You are